on the Lakeshore debrief, I said, I'm Jesse, I was a lot of them, and now I'm not, which is not very good. I think I hope Jelene has something better than that. The bar is but it's true. low. Hi, I'm Jesse. I played Gwen the Fay, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Joria. I played Declan the Selkie, and it is good to be here. I was going to say was, but that would have been inaccurate. Hi, I'm Eli. I was a queen. Anna the queen. And it's good to be here. Hello, I'm Jordan. I played Riri the vampire, and it is good to be here. And I'm Jillian. I was the MC that stands for Miranda Crossgrove. Welcome to iCarly. Just kidding. This is many rounds. No, I like it. I like it. demotion from queen to president that Anna had in this game. <laughs> yeah, I was a queen and now I just rule a school only more legitimately than before. <laughs> yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to our recount debrief. Uh, we just left, or two weeks ago we had put out, is that right? Two weeks ago? When are we going to do this? Don't Sometime specify. Sometime in the past. <laughs> we put out the uh, last episode of our eight episode Monster Hearts arc. And just like we did at the end of Lakeshore and like we did not do at the end of Tallow, because we thought of it later, uh, we are going to do a little bit of a debrief to talk about how this game went, what we liked, what we learned, and maybe a little, are we going to talk about the future? Maybe not, but there will be a future. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about lobster hearts. We only talk about lobster hearts. Until, until there isn't. Until there isn't, until the world, the universe will stop expanding and implode. So. Okay, can I do a segment? I have a segment I want to do. Wow. Okay, wow. please. Yeah, and and um, I just uh, wanted to mourn the PCs that I pitched for this campaign that I didn't get to play. Because I always love, this is my first time being a PC on a Mini Realms like Ark. And uh, when I am gunning for a, a role in a campaign, I usually come with options. <laughs> so um, I made three PCs that I pitched to the group to play in recount. Uh, obviously, the one that made it through was Gwen, the spicy, uh, earnest activist fay with a heart of gold um, and legs all the way up to yeah, yeah. I don't know. Lakeshore? <laughs> But before that, I had two other concepts. One was a ghost character named Seth. uh, And his whole thing was going to be that he was an aspiring filmmaker. He was a young documentarian. And through some machination of the plot, he was going to get, like, assigned to, like, stick around, like, follow Anna everywhere she goes and, like, record her presidential campaign journey. Um, and I wanted him to be kind of like a dweeb, like very sarcastic and cynical, like hot for Anna because everyone is, um, but like mostly kind of like this fly on the wall, this observer character. Um, but I dropped it because I think it would have been too hard to like get him into that action all the time, especially in like an eight episode arc. But I love him. Pour one out for Seth. And then the other one was Vicky, who was a 
nice Christian girl who didn't realize that she was turning into a werewolf and was going <laughs> to like try to like win like a sweet, nice campaign, sort of your Tracy Flick uh, from election but uh, instead was going to be, like, uncontrollably mauling people and maybe, like, passing out and not realizing it until towards the end. Which I still think that could have been a very workable choice for this. Um, I think Gwen is a great choice, too. But uh, uh, pour one out for Seth and for Vicky. That's my segment. Bring Vicky back for... Vicky back, yeah. Werewolves 2, the Vickening. <laughs> Vicky snaps. <laughs> for when we do Oops All Werewolves. Yeah. Oops All Werewolves nice. would be a great many realms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody else have a segment? <laughs> <laughs> you have the headphones and you're the segment producer. You're on your clipboard and you're like, okay, we've wrapped that. Oh, I do have a question, actually. Oh, please. <clears throat> Are there characters that everyone's characters npcs or pcs were drawn on from pop culture no yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's all it's always kind of like a s- yeah slop isn't it like the yara yeah. being the um student news of like the newspaper idea i feel like is just like generally like grabbed from maybe like a veronica mars i feel like newspapers were big from in that that might be mm-hmm. where i pulled that from the neptune navigator not that yara ended up being very Veronica Marsy, but no, she ended up being very, um, how much was she on screen? A little, not too a much. Little. Uh, Gwen definitely is, um, a dash of Lisa Simpson, a dash of Daria. Uh, nice. I was kind of obsessed when looking at visual references of, there's a photo of a person called cinnamon Hadley that Neil Gaiman used as inspiration for the art for death in the Sandman comics. Mm -hmm. And she just like, the hair is just like a shape. It's like a real (laughs) 3d shape of the constructed hair and the heavy eyeliner and the tattoos that I'm like, that sort of like punk waif that would like break your heart and also like know how to read Latin or something crazy like that. Uh, how about you, Eli? Uh, you go first while I think about it. Well, I think a lot of it, I mean, everyone's definitely like the creature of the week type of stuff, right? They're, I mean, the amount of times that Jesse said like Buffy, for me, it was... Uh, <laughs> and I put a dime in the jar every time. <laughs> uh, your Winona Earps, like I haven't seen Veronica Mars, uh, uh, Team Wolf for some mm-hmm. of us. Uh, <laughs> was there any inspiration for Lynette? He sort of sprung fully formed out of your forehead like Athena from Zeus. And I want to know more. I think Sorry. I think that Jillian was the one that gave the... That was you with the, the Maori thing, right? I don't, I don't think I said that, correct? Yeah. You definitely said that. Jillian wouldn't do that to herself. I remember Jillian being like... I said that? So Jordan's pitches NPC and I was just learned how to do this accent. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I wanted you to have to do the... Ac- I was just kind of, yeah. 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 Right. Right. My favorite well, part of that is <laughs> then you were like, I'm British, but don't have an accent. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I Well, I like that because I really actually loved the um, the the bait and switch of like pulling it out for seven. Yeah, and eight. I think that's great. That's true. It felt like the mask came off or whatever. Um, Jillian, you had like inspiration from um, election, right? That is what I based, like, the whole campaign off of, was that movie. Yeah. Just because I like the petty ways they got back at each other. It's like, I'm going to tear all your posters down and, like, you know, hug the garbage bags with the posters in it and whatever. Um, 
like just watching that felt very true to this game. So that's definitely what inspired like the game overall. And then generally the night before records, I would just watch a bunch of Dawson's Creek, which isn't <laughs> um, great television, but they're they're very focused on like the mundane relationships that they have among the cast. So that that was good to focus on. So the first question I have here that I have stolen from Jillian is to reflect on your character's journey from episodes one through eight and like how they changed and grew. And I also want to ask Jillian to maybe pick an NPC or two for to answer the same question. Uh, okay, uh, I think Riri. I think that hers is probably marked fairly simply other than the accent change that Jesse has already uh, noted. Um, Riri comes to this town kind of with a, a uh, holier-than-thou attitude to, I suppose, mortals and probably beings at large. Um, kind of goes through coming to have a respect for some of them and, and understand that she didn't, even though she's lived a while, that she hasn't actually really seen all that uh, I guess humanity has to offer and then obviously towards the end of the campaign she's kind of completely put to be the inverse in that you know she is not only like bested by you know these people that she looked down on um, but then is also kind of humiliated and then therefore alienated from her own species, which arguably makes her, you know, I guess, um, closer still to to the humanity that, that she, she shunned and ultimately leaves her being kind of um, uh, alone in the world trying to find her way, uh, which is, yeah, a pretty stark... Uh, fall from grace i think is kind of the 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 trajectory there mm -hmm. i think anna grew in like it's interesting because i feel like a lot of the characters that i've had in the past have like very comp maybe come more complex parables or like they learn um like a very specific message like it's okay to be alone it's okay not to define yourself whatever and Anna's was like a much more classic story compared to especially everyone else in this campaign. Everyone <laughs> went really interesting places. I think Anna's was more of the like the root, like, I don't know, shitty popular girl learns to be less shitty, less selfish and think of others more. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so she definitely had growth, but it was, I guess, kind of like the classic story that all of the more like interesting stories could wrap around. I'm very interested in you two both playing, I mean, not to pass judgment or anything, but you guys were kind of like the naughty team <laughs> <laughs> overall. Um, like, what was it like going into it with like more antagonistic PCs? Like, it's so different from a setup like Tallow or Lakeshore where the expectation is we're all going to like get along and like work towards a common goal and you and Jordan were like, we're going to kill you. Um, was that challenging? What were like the rewards of it? How did it feel? Uh, it really all might work like acting as well. I find that um, I try in life to conduct myself in hopefully a nice way. And so uh, 
in a weird way, whenever it's like doing any type of medium, it's actually sometimes easier to access the other side of it because it's like the forbidden fruit. It's the like, ooh, I can have some fun with this. Um, so in some ways, it's it's it, it's enjoyable, but then it's also like, oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be mean. I don't want them not like me. I don't <laughs> want that. Um, but it doesn't feel horrendously difficult, which is perhaps. Uh, not great, but a sign of your your nascent sociopathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, songs. It's like I have fun if 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 I know that it's not going to like derail a campaign or something. I have fun being antagonistic because I also is fun to be the one that brings other people together by like being the folk like if it's like a D campaign and you're like the evil driving force it gives it like it's fun to see especially if they're people that don't know each other in the case we obviously know each other but it's fun to see people like you know if it's a couple of friends them start to like form bonds over there wanting <laughs> which is weird it's like i don't know no, totally. I totally get that as like someone who's DM'd plenty of campaigns. It's like you want a great villain that like is fun for you to be evil and also like gets their blood boiling for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was really nice to see uh, Anna and Gwen team up in the final episode. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. liked that dynamic of like, I hate your guts, but I guess you saved my life, so you can't be all bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of wild. I'm realizing as I'm editing this is that like, we don't interact with each other after one and before I think like seven, if not eight. No, yeah, seven at the house. Like mm-hmm. we are, we do not spend. <laughs> we hate each other so much that we don't want to be in the same scene. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, there's so much stuff going on, and like in these eight eight short episodes, we're like cramming like loves and losses and chess and etc. Um, but I do like that there was time at the end for Anna and Gwen to sort of like reevaluate each other and maybe come to more equal footing. Totally. I agree. I guess to talk about Gwen in general, because we did the Riri and the Anna, um, Gwen, I mean, I wanted to contrast everyone else because the other three had already kind of started to brainstorm their PCs when we were getting started. And I was like, well, we have Anna and Riri who are like openly textually saying they don't care about like governance or anything. They care about power and control. And we have Declan who Jory was sort of defined as like a little bit confused, kind of like excited, but not with like, um, you know, too new to earth to have developed like an extremely comprehensive moral compass. Um, so I was like, okay, so the person who would clash with that, who would like bring out the tensions there is someone who does have a strong moral compass, who feels very righteous and is maybe kind of uppity about it. Um, but then at the same time, I had to balance that with someone who would actually like start shit in order to create problems in the plot and like get people excited about it. So I think the Fae is really cool there because you can kind of do things like hurl scalding coffee into your best friend's face and then just fully be like, I was right I did the right thing. Like, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it's it's not villainous. It's like a separate morality system. But like Jordan says, it's like the the back half of like five, six, seven is like people being like, what the fuck, Gwen? And it's fun to do something so transgressive that you give everyone else something to talk about and bond over that way. Um, so I liked that she got um, kind of dark. I liked that good to have a dark arc mm-hmm. dark arc dark one love a dark arc what about Declan 
Declan. Declan has a weird one. He had a weird week. Um, (laughs) Not a normal one for Dex that week. Um, Yeah, I like the... Because he, like Jesse said, he comes in with, like, not really knowing too much. Like, very um, spacey. And I don't think he gets less spacey as time goes on. (laughs) Some of what I was trying to do on purpose was to have him be a little bit more... um, like go from sort of not paying attention to the world around him to like kind of more and more like seeing the consequences of his actions and like thinking about it. Whereas at the beginning he like, I don't know, for example, pisses off Elizabeth by, by pulling the newspaper stunt. And then the next day Elizabeth's like, Hey, that was a bad thing to do. Actually. He's like, Oh no, I guess the thing that like ended up being the most defining thing is, of course, the relationship with Gwen, which, like, didn't quite get to what he needed in the end. Like, mm-hmm. like it, yeah, it just didn't quite get there, which is why he, why he, like, swam off at like he did. So his arc was kind of like an almost getting there, just like an almost getting what he wanted and needed and just not quite being able to reach it. Yeah, I would even say that, like, the more he learned about the people he was like living with and the people in his environment, like the more ugliness and like Mm -hmm. darkness he found, like when someone who like clearly loves him and like spends time with him and, you know, enjoys him. And then he like finds out that she's like a little bit unhinged and violent. Um, You know, he like tries to have like a fair match with Anna and Riri. And then he learns like the depths of their depravity. And it's like, the more Declan learns, I kind of like, I understand why someone would not want to hang around Whitfield Bay after the Mm -hmm. week he had. Boys only want one thing. And when they don't get it, they fucking jump back into the ocean. Typical. It's human decency. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything to add, Jillian? Um, in terms of NPCs, I guess there's only really like two that have any kind of arc I guess. Gay Evan. Yeah, it's the gay. As the kids call them. So, <laughs> um, there's Harmony and um, Evan, of course. Uh, and uh, of course, like I didn't, I didn't plan anything big. Like I took notes on everybody's relationship to each other in my uh, relationship web, which I have talked about so many times, and that was really helpful for sure in terms of like. Um, understanding kind of what their individual motivations were and I knew kind of as soon as I introduced Harmony like literally for the sake of um Anna's sexual conquests that (laughs) I wasn't gonna make that easy um because everything for Anna is comes easy so I was like gang gang no (laughs) um the mixed success means not now means slow down you can't have it immediately um so i think that was me pushing pushing anna's character to like work for something and like show that you mean it um so even though like at the end anna confesses like you know i only did this because like but it turned out differently um i think i think harmony's like okay for that because like she saw anna try 
and Anna Gail like trying for something so earnestly, like having to work harder for something uh, is good. And I mean, it's so funny, right? Like it's it's literally only like a week. It's a week long campaign. Like, um, so the arcs are always like so sped up. That would never really it's like happen a, in a Disney week. Channel movie where it's mm-hmm. like you leave the week of camp an entirely different human being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and then Evan um, tried to tell Riri in like episode two. Riri's not his type, uh, but she fully cut him off. So I was like, the world needs to know. <laughs> the world needs to know. She's not that into girls. Uh, so that was my mission with Evan. <laughs> By God, they're going to know this boy's gay. Yeah, I guess that's that's my <laughs> that's my MC agenda. Agenda, yeah. Good. The gay agenda. The gay agenda, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I know who I am. It's okay. He wasn't just going to be bullied into silence. Mostly because it's not interesting for the plot. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I like that he was, you know, the first vocal opposition to mm-hmm. Riri and helps, mm-hmm. like, build that. And it made him really vulnerable. And, you know, his didn't die. death almost happened, like, three times and <laughs> yeah. didn't because uh, Riri didn't want to take her teeth out or whatever. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it was... It was nice to have him as like a shit disturber in some I really ways. like like I think I've I've in I've experienced that person you know who is like kind-hearted and like wants what's best but is like has surrounded himself for whatever reason with shitty people and it's like dude like your friends are awful and some of them are trying to eat you like come away come leave them we'll <laughs> go fly somewhere else Evan I just wanted him to to yeah tell the rowing team to fuck off tell Ruby to fuck off and like make it out of their life which he did so that's mm-hmm. good yeah lives, it's, it's yeah. a big high school mood so many people I was like you are so nice to me one on one why are you a mm. dick in a group of people mm-hmm. like I that hate dynamic that is shit so interesting. I feel yeah. like that's um kind of emphasized like now that you're saying this like by the fact that he's literally the only one in his clique who's not in a hive mind precisely yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I I I tried to kind of take that philosophy with some of the other characters too, right? Kennedy does open up to Gwen a little bit in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that scene. Because she's alone. And yeah, I I, I kind of wish that had been pursued a little more, but... Um, I know. Eight there's only There's only so much time. Uh, Even um, uh, Elizabeth yeah. is like... When, you know, Yar is on my butt, like, I can't do anything, but, like, secretly, like, I think you're doing some good stuff. So I like that, the way she kind of can't speak up when Anna comes into shop class and starts, like, swanning around. Um, There's definitely that world of, like, what you say matters so much and you have to be so careful about where you say it and who you say it to. Even from the jump, there's so many, like, gossip and secrets, like, is Riri a vampire? Who has the pelt? Like, it's really a world that's, like, charged with an undercurrent of, like, additional information, how that is, like, capital, which is all very political. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's, like, a favorite moment or something that made you laugh or emotional or something you're proud of? Oh, uh, what did I say when I said... Uh, 
something about that's what I have. And it was like care or some bullshit that I said. And it was the stupidest thing I've ever oh, said in my man. life. Contact, oh. please. It was like last week. It was week. the last episode. Oh, yeah. And I said something and I just, I, oh. I wish I could turn back time in that moment. I mean, I, did, I asked what you're proud of. Oh, on the boat monologue. <laughs> and then you sort of like got kind of embarrassed. You were like... Oh my god, this is bugging me. It was something Somebody so played the tape. Stupid. Well, we'll, we'll um, put in a clip here. I gave you that campaign on a silver platter, <laughs> and it's still not enough for you, Anna. It's never enough. Well, you know what is enough? What I've had. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> That's your favorite moment? Um... <laughs> Stupid. You didn't like it. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Where you yeah, like collapsed yeah, and yeah. was like, that was mm-hmm. so. St- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, what, was, what did you enjoy or like? <laughs> I still enjoy that. Uh, okay. But, um, I kind of. I kind of liked your guys' newspaper y heist plan. The whole like. Well, really, everything to do with like. I don't know why I, I enjoy. I mean, I always just pictured like a full-on like printing press, and it's like, <laughs> me you <know>. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably just like you know, like a, a like photo, like, like a, just like a yeah, yeah, like a printer. But I, <laughs> yeah, stop the press. Um, I, I just I like that. I, I liked that as well as just really anything that kind of like as we were actually in the like winning votes section. Mm-hmm. I like because. You know, obviously we knew it's a week where you had like some idea of like a general arc, but everything that happens therein, you know, feels like obviously uh, to the realmers, you know, we didn't rig it, you know. So I like that element of of not really knowing from, you know, week to week um, who's going to have the votes and like mentally tallying it up and that type of thing was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that part a lot, too. Uh, I like that Anna has so many uh, quantifiable assets to her campaign and to her like power so it's like i don't have to be like i'm gonna spread a rumor i can be like i am going to literally leverage the old timey printing press for sure <laughs> my favorite riri moment actually um i think much credit should be given to episode one's the old suck and fuck <laughs> yeah. um well not only because it's very fun and funny and we're like enjoying ourselves oh, at like, set the tone yeah exactly right it's like i think in a game like monster hearts that has so much um intense content in, potentially in it there's definitely a, a bit of a like who's going to be the first, like who's going to like toe over the line and like jump and Jordan stuck his hand up and he said, I am. (laughs) (laughs) He drew first blood. He sucked first dick as the saying goes. Uh, And it really like, I think opened the door for everyone else to just run through and start getting crazy, which was so, so good. I'm glad it Mm. happened so early and I'm glad it happened so uh, decisively. Mm. Yeah. I'm honestly shocked. It came from Jordan. (laughs) I'm not even a little bit. You are. (laughs) There's just, like, his character has been so, like, anti-intimacy, like, in every other yeah, campaign. Well, True. I think I think it just tends to latch on to whatever is the, like, driving force. It's almost like we have, like, a theme or something. Like, mm. you know, with Lakeshore, it's like, it's violence. It's, like, it's mystery. It's it's deception. The it's, theme uh, for this one was sex. It's whatever I say. <laughs> well. You know, turn your people into Swiss cheese, you see? It's like, you know, that, that's that. <laughs> 
and and then this one you're saying like you know that that you know there's a lot more sex there's a lot more relationships and that that's like a fundamental part of the game so obviously even what jesse's saying being cognizant of that it's like well we better mm-hmm. get that in off the get-go or else we're doing a disservice to the actual system we are playing within absolutely mm-hmm. yeah we we love to complain about <laughs> 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 games of monster hearts where like it doesn't happen we yeah. hold hands yeah yeah. I mean, do whatever you're comfortable with. That's totally fine. Yeah. But the game is like, this is a game about sex, FYI, on page one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, totally fine if people want to like fade to black and stuff. But it's just like, this stuff happens when you're teenagers. Like, and it makes everything so messy and complicated. So I'm so glad that happened in, in episode one in like the most complicated way. Yeah, (laughs) it was a joy to edit a moment I really liked that wasn't me was us doing the speeches and then the kind of like intercutting of Gwen destroying the newspaper it was such a good it was such a good tie in of everyone's characters saying things unfortunately except Riri didn't get as much spotlight in that Mm -hmm. moment but it was a really good um, like way to, to tie those three threads together I guess of those three characters and then I also really liked uh, being in the car with Declan and Anna, and it was like such a good encapsulation of like almost, you know, mm-hmm. we were almost friends and we could have been friends and this could have potentially paved like a less shitty human reality for Declan and this could have, I don't know, and, and like for the first time, Declan or anyone asked Anna how she's feeling and she like almost considered it and it could have been changed and it kind of wasn't and mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Jory, favorite moment? Favorite moments. I also really, I was, I really liked that car scene too. Um, I was really, I was very proud of my argument to try and get Leonard to vote for me, even though it did <laughs> turn out. <laughs> um kind of echoing what Jordan said, a lot of my favorite moments were like campaigning stuff and like the mean girl scene in the first episode and um, the trying to like seduce Elizabeth away so that Gwen can do the, mm-hmm. yeah, the like schemey election-y stuff. Yeah, I think for sure. some of my favorite moments honestly are um, uh, the way that uh, Jesse like crafted friendship mm. with different people like the way you just like flop down in front of Mina and are just like I hate my life mm-hmm. shove him into a locker for me like I love that shit um I thought I thought it made that relationship feel really lived in um and it was always just like very purposeful and I think that um contrasted well with how you talked to Declan um, and how that relationship evolved too. I think that was like a really exciting arc. Yeah, those are both such fun uh, characters to like bounce off of. And like you said, like I really love. To me, it's like um, all the world building in the world can be like great. And it's like glad we have it in a dock somewhere. But it's like, how does it feel when you're actually like in there in the room with the person? Like, what would you say? What would you do? I mean, <laughs> I think it's besides the weird stealing and crushing and uh, violent assault, there's definitely just some like Jesse Jillian in Gwen Mina, <laughs> just in terms of like throwing yourselves on each other when the world is too unbearable. Um, so I really love just pulling that in and like playing with it uh, on the record. 
And Declan, yeah, it was so like, I remember that first crush feeling of like, the person can do no wrong and you want to be so tender and you want to be so supportive that you're willing to just kind of like throw yourself into it headlong. Like, um, so fun to like tap into those different things and like see how they, what they look like in these bizarre, like caricature people. All right. So now let's talk about monster hearts. Uh, what did you guys like about Monster Hearts? How is playing this game compared to the other games we've played? We've talked about this a little bit already, but just to hone in on, yeah, Monster Hearts. I'll go first, because I love this game. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I guess this was the first non-D&D slash Pathfinder game that I ever played. And it just really spoke to me as somebody who loves supernatural teen garbage television <laughs> uh, or media. Like it, I don't know. It's such a it's such a delicious little genre. But what I really like about this game is that um, it just makes every issue, every feeling so serious because when you're a teenager everything is the end of the world like every setback is like it's over we're done like the world hates me I give up um and every win is just like I'm invincible I'm unstoppable nothing can touch me and I like the way it uh treats relationships and that um it's about social manipulation over anything else like, that is the goal of this game and why all my NPCs are, like, mean, I guess. <laughs> um, and hot. Mean and hot, yeah. Um, be, yeah, just, I, I think it really captures, like, the teen spirit so well. Even, like, the nicest people say, like, bitchy things and then you can, like, instantly regret it or you can just adopt that as your personality of the week. Like, ugh, so good. You and I had a conversation, Jillian, at one point um, during the recording of the campaign where it was like there were it felt like there were scenes where like the characters were looking where the players, in fact, where we were looking more for like a, a persuasion role or like a convincing role. Um, but it's so interesting because Monster Hearts deliberately like, uh, you know, with forethought refuses to give you that vocabulary in terms of moves. Moves are about shutting someone down and gaining power over them, either with like seduction or with contempt. Um, so I love that it makes everything not neutral. Everything has to be positive or negative because it just pushes people into more extreme contorted situations and like complex relationships because if it was just like make them help you and then not care about it later, it's like there's fewer stakes there and that's not what teenagers do. Teenagers are like L or D in every scenario. Um, so I do, I think that's like challenging when you compare it to many other systems people will be familiar with, but it's also like a brilliant concept in like game design. Absolutely. I feel like in a similar vein to that, um, like monster hearts. And I feel like I felt this with, um, especially us, those of us who have not played as much monster hearts as Jillian, but so often you approach campaigns and you're like, well, people are rarely monsters. They're usually just like people who are trying their best and they're always in at least like a little bit justified, I guess. And, so I really like Monster Hearts because it it forces you to 
to like draw that monster out, I guess. And it's like, what do you as a person find monstrous and abhorrent and have difficulty justifying yourself and and try to like approach that destination rather than starting from yourself and starting from your own personal justifications? It gives you permission to be transgressive and to see what that's like and to be like, yeah, I kill him. Yeah, I eat him. Yeah, I like throw him off a cliff. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, it's such a challenge. It's like so much more a challenge than other uh, character creations in other campaigns and games. But yeah, like you said, I feel like it, it just like pushes you to do so many more extreme or dramatic things. I... I like the darkest self. I like that that's something that's factored in. Uh, anytime that like a rule book contains something um, that is like the darkest self, it I think it's, it incentivizes players to um, both consider consequences as well as like expand their horizon of what they can do in any given situation. If there's like a rule for, you know, in the case of something like D&D, like I think alignments become kind of abstract and a lot of people don't fully know exactly what that means and what it takes to shift into one. But if you define it as clearly as darkest self does, I think it makes it more an option in people's minds to do a variety of things because they feel that there is a fundamental core piece of the gameplay that that factors in those those actions whereas in a lot of other systems it's more like if i do this am i ruining our you know lawful good campaign if i do this do i do this and then i'm you know i'm evil forever and i can only be evil is like the types of questions that come into people's minds and so i think that having that in mind when constructing a game is, is a great idea because then it just um clears the air that makes sure there's no confusion on that as well as allow gives people uh a feeling of permission to to do a broader spectrum of of actions which is the case i think in everything with it too with like sex move and stuff all these things that in a lot of other systems might be like you know treading water or people think it's taboo or like we haven't talked about if this is in our campaign well it's like okay well this is in it's on the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> it says it here. Yes, totally, totally. Even so the name Darkest Self is like, it is still yourself and everyone automatically has one. It's not yeah. like, what if I'm the one that goes evil? It's not if, it's when. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an example of like where the, only, the other place where other rules can falter is that there's so many that it feels like not all of them apply to any given campaign when it's more condensed and and clear and focused then you know that all these rules can will and should apply to any given campaign mm-hmm. mm. well said yeah something i like about the darkest self too is it gives you a way out right it's not permanent um like the corruption system in urban shadows is incremental and it just gets worse right you can't really clear your corruption once you have it that's it Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which I think is a great like separation too between like the teen like a teen game and like a game about adults too Mm -hmm. Um, so teens can like wipe a slate clean because you're in your youth Mm -hmm. they can go to college they can go off to college or not become a goth or don't go to college (laughs) not goth to go to college (laughs) when are we gonna do the goths uh, Mm. debrief the sequel at college (laughs) 
Oh god. We could run like frats and fights or whatever with Onyx and Azriel. I would like that a lot actually. Cute. We can't do it at college or everyone will know I'm a phony. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that we've kind of touched on, um, but I was really interested in, because this is such a difference between this campaign and our other ones, is how do we feel about like the teams like playing really like a combative game in this way? The challenge of it for me is like, I have I have as much time as I want with Declan to to flesh out the Declan relationship and think about what we like and don't like and what makes us like tick or work together or not work together and there's just so much room to play, and it's like so hard to get to that space with either mm-hmm. Anna or Riri, um, and like obviously vice versa. It's like I want us to have as much time as possible to like dig into how these characters interact or not, but when we put ourselves in a hostile place, it's like that has to be like that low level energy in every scene. We can't ever go into one and be like, what do you think about this restaurant or that? We have to be like, you bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's tricky because it, it feels like there's um, a limitation there. Uh, it also opens up like a lot more, like it can push the other way. Like we've just talked about and get more into like in a game like Lakeshore, the characters probably wouldn't ever get into like a physical altercation and attack each other because they need to be united to sort of keep the story moving. Whereas the freedom in this is that like, we can have like a crazy speedboat chase and like a vampire attack because there's no requirement for us to all be a family at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, so I think there's ups and downs there. Yeah, this is also definitely the first game we did not leave being like a lovely little. (laughs) The epilogue is not about people like partying. Yeah. No one's having tea parties once a week in their tower for the rest of eternity. I want to know what Jillian thinks about yeah. this. Yeah, something I've uh, really <laughs> uh, felt the importance of in Monster Hearts is having a really strong character hook for what you want and how what you want somehow is in conflict with what someone else wants, like what the other characters want. Some of that is inherent, I think, in the playbooks, in the way some of them honestly kind of feel like predator and prey, Um, right? I think there are more like active and passive playbooks and having a mix of those is really important. And then I thought like a school election backdrop really just kind of heightened that sense of it. And then you don't have to come up with what you want. The thing you want is to win the election. And however you do that is up to you. I will say, because everyone has already kind of touched on the actual like rivalry, I guess, and and how that works like dynamically. At the beginning of the campaign, I was like, Jordan, we have to at least get along in the beginning. I was, like, I was like, we're always fighting, but this time we're allies. Like, it's okay if something happens in the end, but at the beginning, we have to be friends, okay? And that's how you end up doing a motorbike crash, is you have all that tension building because you're forcing mm, it. Repression. That's it. That's it. Textbook. Mm. Um, I feel like I a kind of interesting thing, at least, is... Um, like Chessie, you were saying, like you could really like build relationships with Anna and Riri. I do think Declan, like at least, was able to build a bit of a relationship with Riri that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, 
I also really like those scenes because Jordan is like being very like fanciful in his speech and like, you know, using words. And Declan's like, <laughs> oh, Declan makes it more of a sound based character. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I just I just think that's nice. That's fun to edit and listen to to me. But yeah, I thought the like rivalry for like a character like Declan was interesting because I don't think it was like natural for him. Declan's Declan interacting, especially in a rivalry capacity, just breaks my heart. (laughs) I kind of love that he's like a bit of the campaign punching bag. Like every PC and NPC is pushing him in a completely different direction. He's like, but yeah, he arrives on land. He barely knows how to do the like putting the circle shape into the circle hole. And then everyone, all the humans are all like, I want to have sex with you. I want to destroy <laughs> you. I hate you and I love you. Like, it's Yeah, just, he's the best so character to be. <laughs> he receives so much attention. It's very overwhelming. He just loves Nirvana. And I, I think it's just very in character for some, like, West Coast kid to be super into Nirvana. I thought that was correct. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you wish that you had a chance to do or say that did not come up in our campaign? I wanted a little bit more, personally for me, emphasis on Anna's... It's hard because like I didn't want it to be like about Anna's home life, but it mm-hmm. definitely was the most like humanizing part of her. Um, so that was a tough one to balance. And I actually still, looking back, can't tell if I feel like I did it enough or not enough or too much. To you talk can definitely about see life. as the mm-hmm. campaign goes that shift as it's like the different cracks are showing and like you're playing with where you want like the light to be kind of positioned from so to speak Mm -hmm. well then I guess it was done perfectly no regrets (laughs) (laughs) nice I wish I mean I'll say uh, (laughs) I wish me and Declan had a better shot of winning the election yeah (laughs) Uh, we tried so hard especially in like two three and four um i i wanted more like cracks to appear in anna i wanted to like take riri down a peg and a lot of the times it was like the dice just not rolling out that way which is totally fair um but it puts us in a really bleak zone for like six and seven where we're just like we probably lost yeah we lost (laughs) um i think it's a cool like it's an interesting takeaway in terms of like power and like power begetting power and just like the futility of this kind of political fight but it's also like um for Gwen and Declan probably quite unsatisfying in some ways yeah I think part of that is my fault too um in terms of like which NPCs are sympathetic towards you um and how much all of those people like had screen time uh and that's it's just kind of the way everything shook out but um like I did have I think the band and drama like being sympathetic to Declan and Gwen like from the beginning mm-hmm. and then of course Anna went like straight for it yeah Correct. like I was like yeah. these people are probably like your friends um and then we didn't we didn't talk to them so I yeah I I feel like with um like a session zero maybe as like 
Like, this is one month before everything. Like, just meet everybody. Mm. Yeah. Would be helpful. There were a lot of NPCs. Yeah. Especially when it seemed like some factions had, like, multiple points of contact. Is like, is me being best friends with Mina as impactful as Declan, like, losing a role against, like, the leader of the... Ch- like, mm-hmm. how do we balance that kind of thing? There's so much math, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I... I tried to mechanize the election um, with a set of moves that probably work better for a one-shot than they do with a campaign. So uh, thank you for playtesting this move set. I think it needs work. <laughs> uh, do you have Do you have any thoughts on like what you would do to improve it for a campaign then, now that you play oh, yeah. with it? No, I don't know how to fix the problem. What, what do you see as the problem? I think that very often you were able to role play a very convincing argument. And then I made you roll and it failed. And it's like, they will never vote for you. And it's like, okay, but the things that you said were good. Like all of your arguments with Leonard were good. So that's why I was like, I guess he doesn't vote like at all. I guess he doesn't care about politics. Like it's not- Queen's Gambit, the only winning move is not to play. Which is probably guess, what that is. Yeah, that's how the Queen's uh, Gambit ends. She leaves the chess room. My biggest regret is not talking about the Queen's Gambit more. Uh, <laughs> my biggest yeah. regret. Um, <laughs> I think, I wonder if there's um, a place for, like, maybe it's more about... Because what I loved uh, about, say, like, the arts people is that, like, their conflict was very present like obvious real and easy to under like i can understand that you are having a space issue and we can like base our arguments and our concepts like around that and if there was a version maybe where like every faction had like the problem it maybe becomes more about like what is each team going to do to solve that problem because sometimes it was just sort of like it was very rhetorical and it was very like when you elect me i will do this as opposed to like it might be cool if it's like i will vote for you if you can fix this complex issue over the next week it's yeah. more questy i guess that's true it's like dragon age origins yeah it's 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 earning rep with factions for sure i think maybe potentially like a good solution is you know for every convincing argument you make it's a plus one to your role for every yeah. unconvincing argument you make or, or something that you even just do during the campaign it's a minus one when you try to vote for them and if somehow you have like a amazing role and you or you have an amazing argument and you still fail the role it could be like you know conceptually you could be like well down the line they are gonna forget to vote or something like that it's like (laughs) gonna get lost on their way yeah somehow I, i think um one of the things that like is written into the like first iteration of the rules that we didn't like touch on is like you can cash in strings to like buy a vote and I think that is maybe like better than having the actual move win you the vote I think you're right that like vote for me should be like when you make a convincing argument against someone take plus one forward on your roll to you know roll whatever move you want I think that's probably the better approach at least for campaign play I think in in a one shot like the actual vote for me move is fine. I think that like a student election is like a, a cracker jack premise for a Monster Hearts mm-hmm. campaign. And I hope you like continue to play with that idea. And I would love to see it like some 
print version of like the campaign setting of student election coming from many realms press yeah, or whatever. Probably by the time that this airs, uh, I will have something. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. I, I told the patrons I would maybe show them like sneak peeks. Nice. Nice. I feel like um, two, I guess like if we were to put this in late short terms, two power faction went up against these two underdogs. And like as a collective, we maybe should have been like, oh, let's give them some sort of like tool to leverage. But we really were just like, anyway, <laughs> Anna owns everything. Good luck. <laughs> That's true. It's we true. really didn't have much, especially once you went for Harmony. It was like, well. Yeah, Just when I was no. working on Gwen, Jillian was even like, maybe you're also like best friends with Crystal and Arts. And I was like, that's totally fair. Um, I was just like uh, uh, iffy about like having so many NPCs to like attend to and do scenes with and such a sort of thing. But I, yeah, maybe we should have had like a gun. <laughs> Declan probably should have had a second friend, maybe. Declan could have had a second friend, yeah. A local fisherman at the wharf. <laughs> <laughs> or like oh gosh, yeah, he he could have he could have had a Leonard who he goes fishing with. <laughs> nice fish Leonard. Uh, it should have just also been Leonard. It should have just also been Leonard. No, yeah, Jordan wouldn't have shared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done uh, Gwen and Gwen and you should have done the Bugs Bunny episode with the frog, and you turn into the seal, and then like he's like Gwen's like, look, it's a singing seal. And then you stop singing, and he's like, "No, he was just singing a second ago." How would that to accomplish what? (laughs) That's how we Uh, win the election. To win the election, except just (laughs) remove the part where the seal stops singing and just actually continue to sing. Is it your idea is to have Declan be a seal and sing? (laughs) Convince everyone that the school is haunted by a singing seal, and then sell it to developers like a bad Scooby Doo episode that didn't quite make it all the way through. Yeah, I wish I wish we'd had in some ways I wish we'd had more time to like flesh out um some of the relationships because I felt mm-hmm. like for like a school election it's like a pretty big um thing. Uh and so like there needs to be enough factions for it to be interesting and it can't just be like you talk to three NPCs and that's it. And I that's one of the I think the biggest challenges is with this game. Like it asks you to develop like a lot of NPCs and I think that's part of just like warming people up to role playing um and then it's just like you you create a bunch of stuff and you see what sticks right you just kind of mm-hmm. throw them all at the wall and then you talk to whoever you think is interesting um but yeah there's always too many and then there's always not enough time to like mm-hmm. flesh flesh it all out so yeah yeah it's like Monster Hearts isn't written to, like, perform for a podcast audience, so it doesn't matter if, like, two NPCs have only one scene and then disappear and no one cares, but we're trying Rip to rusty. not give our audience 19 NPCs that they have to follow and remember. Um, so you always have to, like, find that what's not accounted for in terms of, like, how we make this a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, if anything, I would probably want to, like, have fleshed out the relationship with Elizabeth a bit more and, like, had that been yeah. more of a thing. Like I, that could have been like a very fun um, subplot if. Especially with her in at the newspaper, she could have been like a double agent. She was very complex and interesting. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And you'll never know. Can you tell us? Tell us us about about Elizabeth. This is the time. Give us the whole. It's Elizabeth time. 
No, like Jordan literally made this character up. We talked about it in episode zero. Um, she like had a troubled home life. And yeah, I don't know. That like could have had more of a spotlight if you wanted it to. Were there other character like bits that you had in your head? Like I always have like a handful of things. So I'm like, oh, if they do this, I'll like pl- figure it out this way. Did you have like things we didn't get around to? Cobwebs in the corners of your mind? No. I <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't really plan that way. Um, at least not not for this game. Uh, this game, I think, is really volatile, and I always know people like Jory are going to show up with something like super cool in their back pocket and just be like, "Actually, it's this." It's like, yes great we're gonna do that now um sorry jory you just you just always have some like fun surprises yeah yeah it's always just like you're quiet for like a while and then you're like so i had this idea Mm -hmm. it's fun (laughs) there's a bit where like jordan uh makes a reference to an exodia bomb and jory's like i literally have no idea what that is but jory's kind of the master of it she'll be like well in episode six i took this move and i wasn't sure when i was going to use it but i decided to do it right now and kill the final boss and win the campaign and you're like (laughs) okay yeah sweetie it's like the perfect like execution every time should i watch Yu-Gi-Oh again (laughs) that's the the takeaway i to get from this um yeah no like um Jillian has pulled up the cork board with post-its on it for the Realmers. Jillian, the entire campaign would look at this cork board and not show it to us. <laughs> yes. These are these are the votes um which which I read to you. Yeah, but yeah. the original setup that I had was like um who's who's relationshiping who. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, there was, you know, the, like, weird triad between um, Harmony, Jeremy, and Crystal, where Harmony and Crystal kind of have some unresolved feelings from, I don't know, middle school or whatever, and then Jeremy's mm-hmm. doing that in secret. Extremely rude of Jeremy, by That's the way. intense. If your twin was doing it, I'd be like, hello. Okay. True. The best part... The best part is Anna showing up and be like, if I need to tell Crystal to suck a dick and fuck off, I will. <laughs> and I did say Jeremy turned beet red. I know it's like very subtle, but like in my head, I was like, fuck, they have no idea. The foreshadowing of it all. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And then and then I just like, I knew Evan and David were doing it. I want you to run like a full social intrigue mystery game because you're so good at like creating and maintaining that web and like figuring out what like the impacts are yes (laughs) (laughs) as she stares at the board (laughs) lovingly uh it was great i never forgot who the npcs were and (laughs) i just forgot what all their pronouns were so i'm sorry i didn't honor the original pronouns that some of you got in the chat for they them rusty yeah well sorry (laughs) director's cut Nice. Loved Rusty. I wanted the like letter Kenny faction. (laughs) Next time. Next time. The Ontario version of Recount. The Skids? No, that'd be the Hicks. Oh. Oh, we uh, could do. Could we do like a whole letter Kenny RPG with the Skids (laughs) and the Hicks? (laughs) Jillian and I would have to watch Letter Kenny. Which no, this is me and Jordan solo two person campaign. Wait, no, please actually do that. How dare you? 
<laughs> it gets very sort of self-indulgent from minute zero. <laughs> oh my god! Can, from there, can Jesse and Jordan do star-crossed but letter Kenny? I'm down. <laughs> I think there's a lot of crossover between what we're doing and letter Kenny fans, so I think it'll go well. <laughs> That's our target demo, right, letter Kenny fans? Yeah, Jillian, you, did you have a lobster hearts? I you posted a text a piece of text in the Discord and I couldn't parse it so my brain put a little envelope sticker over it. Yeah. Well, I guess you've been talking about lobster hearts since like November or whatever. Guilty. It's <laughs> just this like absurd bit um that I that I don't grasp. So I I want to know like what your pitch of the game is. Like what? Tell me more about Lobster Hearts. Can I do you? Can I do you one better? And can we do a scene from Lobster Hearts? But you have to tell me what it is first. No. Well, we all trust each other. We're out, all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. I love Are ending ready? the episode with absurdity. Um, someone, everyone, pick a a deep sea creature. I'm just Declan still. Jory's just Declan. Okay, she. Okay, only she can do that. One also. I'm Angie the anglerfish. Okay. Is that? I want the one that has the light. Okay, you can be an anglerfish. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's what I thought that was. Fine, I'll be Bob the blobfish. No, you you be the anglerfish. I'm I'm gonna be a seahorse. I'm gonna be a seahorse. Somebody doesn't. Nobody gonna be a lobster. Uh, No, it's just the name. Jory. I'm so sorry. Well, that's just one of the classes, yeah. How deep sea are we talking? Well, I'm a seal and she's an anglerfish. So that's that's <laughs> from not deep to the bottom. <laughs> I am Cthulhu resting at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, I want to be a crab. Okay. I'm Christina the crab. Okay. Um, I I guess I'm a jellyfish. Wait, are you MC? Am I? Oh, I thought Jesse, so. I don't know what this game is. <laughs> it's just Monster Hearts. Okay, 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 okay. Then, <laughs> then I'm the 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 monarch of crustaceans. <laughs> Welcome to many realms. Bonk. Bonk. The sandy bottom of the Pacific Ocean. It's daytime. This isn't a super, super deep spot. There's like some twinkling sunlight way up above. And uh, you all find yourself going about your day. Um, when uh, this little krill, this little krill comes by and says, sharks, sharks. Oh, snap, I say. And when I snap, I snap my crab claws. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I go, the sharks are some bad kids from the other side of the trench. jet stream fish jet tracks. Oh, very good. Yeah. From the bad side of the jet stream. And they love causing trouble here at Crayfish High. No, it has to be a school pun, though. It has to be fishschooloffish.com. <laughs> it's an e-school. It's a Pangea. Because <laughs> of the Pangea. Who, who told the sharks to come here? Who lured them here? Was it you? Seahorse, who has a name, uh, Simon. CC. CC. Okay, well, that's a little bit. Okay, no, I like it. That's good. Uh, well, since we gotta come in hot. Yes, it was me. 
Angie. I know. <laughs> Angie bumps into everybody talking and drops her uh, sand dollars on the floor and is like, oh god, I bet it was my angler fish light. <laughs> <laughs> You're always showing that thing off, dangling around, making us hungry. You guys are always saying that I'm only half a sea creature and half like some type of land creature even though we've never seen them well the crab has because he could go on land but the rest of you never have so i went to my shark buddies and and we're gonna take all your lunch money no our precious sand dollars wait i think i see bruno the head shark coming this way <laughs> all right, you. All right, you kids. You're gonna oh, give me oh your no. money or what? Jordan's gonna, gonna take over so. and do the shark voice. <laughs> no, you have to That's be all fair. three sharks talking to each nice. other. <laughs> yeah, if you, right. if you could. All right, guys. Uh, here we go. We gotta get that money. Oh well, geez. All right, boss. Well, wait, which one you want me to get? Huh? I'm good at getting them. That's my. That's my best thing. I'm the best at getting. Them. Oh well, well, enough, enough talking. All right, uh, start with the. What kind of thing is that? I'm not seeing what the, what's got light on his forehead. What is that? Jeez, uh, boss, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. Hey, leave Angie alone. She can't help that she has a big, weird, dumb light on her head. I'm gonna go my darkest show. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with something cool soon. Bye. Probably one shots. Probably one shots. Okay, stop recording. Stop recording.